all struggle with on a daily basis. All right? And uh, no, you know, one thing I learned a long time ago, in, in my, my career that I've been in the ministry for 25 years, I've had the opportunity to interview a lot of people, everybody from Billy Graham to Anton LaVey, the guy that's head of the Satan's Church. And so I've heard some extreme views on things from people. And uh, some of which I adamantly agree with, and some of which just freak me out. And then, uh, but at the same time, at the end of all those interactions, I come right back to that little voice in my head. My God, repent, Lord God. I know, I know Jesus is Lord. I know He is conqueror of all. I know He is the only living God. He is the only one. The tomb is empty. Those things I am confident of. Others can go visit the tombs. They can worship the dead. They can leave a, a grape or an orange and a burning incense and somehow feel like they've connected with a God that's no longer living. But every day, it says newness comes every morning. Every day I have an opportunity to talk to my God, and he has an opportunity to talk back. It's just whether I'm listening or not. It's sometimes you get along. So never underestimate those two words. I believe. I believe. I believe Jesus is Lord, and he's my personal Savior. I believe. Don't underestimate the power of those two words. Belief is a choice. The, the Webster says it's an idea in which confidence is placed. So the world defines belief as a moment of confidence. When you believe something, you are confident. But I think sometimes in our daily walks, I believe you get a question mark next to it. You know, I, I believe God's going to take care of that for me. I believe. Hope, by the way, in the original Hebrew, means confident expectation. Amen. It does not mean a question mark. Oh, I hope you'll feel okay in school. I, I hope I'll feel better. I hope I'll, I'll get stuff straight. I hope my finances will work out. We are, we've grown to use it with a dot, 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 and a big question mark. But in the Bible, when, when they talk about hope, in the original Hebrew language, hope was confidence, confident expectation. I hope to see you Tuesday. Man, I'll be there. So we've got to make sure that what we see when we read the Bible isn't our question marks that we've interpreted, but the way in which it was actually written, which was with confidence. And you know, when, when Jesus, another one that where we say peace, you know, and I see the word problems and all that and Jesus, when he'd say, peace be unto you, peace, original definition, peace, back in those you know, languages none of us can read, meant nothing missing, nothing broken, every bit whole. So when Jesus would say, peace be unto you, he said, nothing missing, nothing broken, every bit whole is what I have for you. It's powerful when we understand what he's actually saying. It wasn't just a, hey, how you doing, peace, what's up? Anyway, so belief is a choice. So when we choose to believe in Jesus as a personal Savior, uh, it's a decision in our heart, not just our head. And, and how do we know that? Well, the Bible tells us over and over again, from, from the beginning to the end of the book, it tells us constantly, a man thinks in his heart. He understands with his heart. His ways are created in his heart. He meditates in his heart. He considers in his heart. His purposes are in his heart. He takes counsel. Reasons, desires, the intents. From the heart proceed all actions. So that tells you that 12 inches from your head to your heart is this two-way highway. Because uh, when you first believe, your heart says, oh my gosh, I felt something. There was something emotional that happened there and something was different. But your head immediately kicks in and says, well, that was the burrito. 
And then later on, you know, sometimes, by the way, feelings lie. Remember I talked to you last week about, hey, but that gave you peace, love, comfort, kindness. You know, offset it with the Holy Spirit. If it isn't one of those fruit, then it is probably not something you need to entertain a long time. You know, that, that oh, that tension, that, oh, that, that may not be God warning you as much as it is. You may need a roll later at time, or there may just be something going on that you need to be honest with yourself and God about. And change things around a little bit. Now, faith. You say, well, I believe. Is it faith and I believe the same thing? Well, no. When you say, I believe, there's a moment where you, you put your, you're staking it around and you say, oh, yes, I do believe. Jesus is Lord and personal Savior and he cares about me. Well, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you believe something's going to happen, you may not have seen it yet. When I believe Jesus loves me, oh, I haven't experienced all the ways he loves me yet, but I know somehow he loves me. But faith is when you take it from that belief moment into a personal of understanding of who you believe in loves you right back. Does that make any sense? When the who becomes personal, and all of a sudden it becomes faith, and that's a strong pillar. It's, it's something we say, I, I, I have faith that that's going to happen. Again, that's another one of those words like hope. We put our, comp, our question mark on it. You know, my, my faith, I believe my faith will pull me through. But we don't say it with, my faith will pull me through. We say, oh, uh, I hope my faith will pull me through. There's a weariness. But I don't think God has, has intended for us to live in the weariness. Instead, there's that point where we are, where the world and life collide, and all of a sudden, I don't know if you can see it, but there's a, an invisible D at the end of the road. Sometimes all the worry and, and things in our lives, the things that are holding us down, the things that are keeping us back from the I believe to the, the I have faith to the delivered moment is our ability to let go. To trust God. There's a trust in a relationship. Nicholas, we went to a, a place that had a pool that had a slide, and I don't know how many times I had to say, trust me, I'm right here. I was not lying to him. I knew it was going to be okay. He was uncertain. But it was my job to say, I'm right here. Trust me. Trust me. Now, thank goodness he hadn't heard my talk last week where I got to Trust me. I'm right here. That, that's that moment, you know. But when I say, hey, trust me, this is what happens. This is we're all right here. We got worry, fear, anxiety, fret, sickness, health issues, family issues, crisis, mayhem, chaos, world, news. Work, job, layoff, attention, strife, people, family, they don't like me, eBay, Facebook. <laughs> it all is right here. And, and by the time we got all that going on and all those things we're worried about, and then you have somebody standing here and say, just have faith, trust God, believe. It gets a little hard to remind yourself how important that is because you ever notice these are constants. That still small voice of God, God loves you every day, all the time, 24 hours a day. That was one thing I learned with Anton LeVette, right? The same as church has. God is omnipresent. Omnipresent means everywhere, all the time. Okay? You can't escape him. You can't outrun him. He's always there. You can ignore him, but he's always there. I found it really interesting. They have to make uh, appointments. Okay? Because the devil is not omnipresent. So on Halloween, for instance, they'll have a 12.15, a 12.05, a 12.17, a 12.23 appointments 
to try to conjure the power of who they believe in to show up. Again, I'm back to my God, you're going to have But you know what I'm saying? That the authority that you have in knowing that your God is omnipresent, that he can take care of everything, we have to offset that with this, which is every day. Text message, email. Add, add all the social media components to that and everything that you're worried about and everything that you're concerned about, and it nags and nibbles at you. There's an old saying, it's worse to be nibbled up by minnows than to be swallowed by a wave. Minnows, every day. So I wanted to talk to you today about something that I believe we all struggle with on some level or another, right? All of us, myself included. And, and that's the other thing. There's nobody that will ever stand here as perfect, all right? And anybody, anywhere, on TV or otherwise. It's not about perfection. It's about taking the risk to say, hey, I've made a lot of mistakes. There are things that I've learned. I'd love to share them with you, and there are things I struggle with every day. This is one of them. This is one of them. We worry. We fret. The Bible talks about, hey, give way to anger. I mean, the, the, uh, the dictionary says uh, worry is giving way to anxiety or unease. Allowing your mind to dwell on the difficulties in life, the troubles. A state of anxiety is it's such a powerful word. It's not only a verb, it's a noun. It's a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual and potential problems. Am I the only one that struggles with worry? Let's make sure. So let us not become weary in doing good, for in the proper time we'll reap a harvest that we don't give up. I think there are scripture after scripture after scripture that recognizes the fact that we have a problem after we believe, then we gotta have faith, then we gotta trust God to take care of stuff, but somehow we still feel this control freak nature to worry about it. Where, yeah, God, I want to trust you with it, but I need you to keep a handle on that just to make sure you're doing what I ask you to do. All right? Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it certainly empties today of its strength. That, I know, is a fact. Now, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. That's what Jesus read in that moment. Let not your hearts be troubled. He knew everyone was worrying, and at this point, they weren't sure what was going to happen. They weren't sure. They knew they were after Jesus, and they knew something was going to happen. Jesus was telling them, hey, this is gonna, there's a time when I'll be here, and a time when I'll, I won't, then I'll be back again. He was telling them all these little clues, but they were worrying. The disciples were, were, were freaking out a little bit. They weren't sure what was going on, and, and his response to that was, let not your heart be troubled. Webster again, remind you, says, Belief is a choice. It's an idea that you're going to put your confidence in. So the world is defined as a confidence moment. And Jesus is saying, hey, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. I got this. It's okay. It's natural to feel anxiety and worry. I get you. But trust me. Trust me. Trust me. The assurance of things hope for the evidence of things not seen. So now here we go. Here's why I believe that I worry so much and everybody else worries so much. All right? We have forgotten how to cast. All right? When I was a little kid, I'll never forget, there were two kind of casting moments. The, the, the God says, you know, cast all your worries. He cares for you. You know, I've got your back. I'm going to take care of you, depending on which NIV version you read. It's all about, I understand. I appreciate that you're concerned. I care about what you care about. I worry. I'm not going to worry about what you worry about, but I will take care of what you worry about. That's what, that's what Jesus is trying to communicate to us, is that, that he really cares. 
remember that when I was a kid learning to cast, we went down on the dock that's down at Messick, which is now where all the boats are parked, but it used to be covered, a covered dock down there. Anyway, we went out the end, and Danny was with me, and he said, you know, here's what you do. And he showed me how you put the thing, and take a pole. And I used to think it was fun to sit. And he's like, look, you got to leave it in there long enough for something to happen. But I was just really happy with the whole mechanism. And then I remember I sat there, and I was dangling my feet off that dock. And I don't know if those of you who are from here probably remember, that dock was kind of high. And I remember when you walked down that pier, the slats in the pier were like that far apart. So I was always afraid I was going to step through them and go right through. It was impossible. But in my brain, as a little kid, at any moment, either I was going to go through or something was going to go, you know, I just <laughs> Desire on 
immediately. I have no desire to go back to the casting. Am I making any sense? So, so if the casting needs to throw up and you cast the cares on the Lord, then that means once you throw it, not only does it is it throw in the awful stuff, give it everything, but it's you really at that point should not have a desire to have it back. You want somebody to take care of it. Get rid of it. Be done with it. Deliver me from it. There's what usually when we're casting our troubles on the Lord, we take a fishing pole approach. Here's what we do. Alright? Not only when I go fishing, have you ever noticed when you go fishing, it isn't just fish you go out in the bay. You gotta have your cooler and your drink. You gotta have someplace to sit. If you're on the boat, you need an umbrella. You gotta have sunscreen. If Nicholas is with me, I need a bag of toys because he's bored. I mean, but you, you, you got what I'm saying, there's a there's a process, a preparation, and a waiting, and a checking. This is what I think worry and casting looks like. We linger, we wait. I'm worried. Let me check. Let me double check. Let me triple check. Let me run it in. God, do you have this? God, I woke up a little on my mind again today. Oh, God, do you have this? Uh, I'm worried about it again. God, do you have it? I don't think he minds the constant casting, but I think he gets so, he, he, it prevents him from blessing us to his fullest if we can't trust him. Because if you can't trust him, how do you know when you're getting an answer? Because we have arrogantly assumed we know what the answers are. I can't tell you more often than not. Um, God, you know, help me find a gas station. You know, because I'm at the end of the road, but she's almost taking out way too last time to get there. But nonetheless, and, and you're going, Lord, help me find where I need to be. I've made it a crisis moment that was unnecessary. I did it. But the, the point I'm getting at is my mind, oh, I gotta find this. And then all of a sudden I'll turn and there's something completely different. It's it's a law or it's something else. In my head, I'm looking for something very specific. You know, it's a shelf station instead of a cheap station. So all of a sudden, I, I, you know, but God's providing my needs. I realize that's a really big analogy, but you get what I'm saying. I assume what my needs are. And I assume what the provision of those needs should look like. But sometimes God wants to do, most times God wants to do, far more than we can ask and think. So that means Jeremiah 33.3, call on me, I will answer you. Promise. He never breaks his promises. I'll answer you. And I will show you great mighty things you know not. So that means when I'm going into the gas station and the little old guy sitting next to me in the middle of nowhere says, hey, you back tired with this slack. He knew that not only did I need gas, but I needed somebody to keep me from running off the road with a slack tire. Do you see how he used something that was really dumb on my part to be a blessing ultimately, to provide far more than I even realized I needed? So, so we have a tendency to camp out. We linger in the worry. We feel like if, we're, if we hang around and we pay attention to it, then it'll get taken care of. But if we trust God with it, then uh, and we can't see what's going on, maybe nothing's happening. It's not getting any forward motion. So what happens in all that sitting and thinking, and all that driving and worrying, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I get in the car and I'm driving around and everything's sitting there, think, 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 think. And all of a sudden, what is a little, what could be a little issue, a little problem, it turns into something more like, like this by the time I'm done with it. I, I take them, well, it's just a little thing, it'll be all right. But what if? But what if this happens? But what if that happens? What if the test is bad? What if the check doesn't clear? What if I, uh, the car doesn't run? What if the car won't start? Have you ever had a really important meeting and couldn't sleep the night before? What if the alarm doesn't go off? The what ifs, the what ifs, those are silly ones. 
way to kill you. It is something that you can't overcome. It is something you feel like is beyond God's reach or caring. There is nothing beyond God's reach or caring in your life. No matter what you've made a little fish into, or if they're actually the big ones like this that you're dealing with, this is no big deal for God. No big deal. He's got you. Casting down vain imaginations and everything that exalts itself to the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What this is saying is, hey, watch out. Your imagination can take you places I never intended you to go. You can see, have you ever noticed that you see someone going through something? And then I call it uh, almost like a, a contagious response. Where people see them going through it, and then they back away. I see this a lot in Christian circles. Somebody can be going through something really horrible. And then other people will start to even back away. Because they're worried it's a bit contagious. They see similarities. They see decisions being made. Well, we did that. We did that. We did this. All of a sudden, it feels like it could be contagious. It's like vain imagination sneaking in going, what if? What if? What if this happens? What if that happens? That's those vain imaginations that they're talking about, that, that Christ was talking about, about just casting them down. And again, coming back to casting. What are we talking about? It's not reeling it in and pulling it back. A lot of times when we cast with our hands and words, and we cast with our fishing poles in that method of bringing it back, have you ever noticed that when you fish, you put a little thing on the end of the string in the hopes of fishing the big one? Never, when you cast and reel back, do you pull back something small? It's still there. My worry is still there. Well, what if you start hanging? What if this All of a sudden, it went from the window of the jaws of the boat. I'm hearing those two notes I told you last week. I can't sing. I'm beginning to see that, that I've got to learn how to cast better. I've got to learn to trust God more. I've got to begin to believe that he cares enough about me to take care of me. And to have the wisdom when those voices come in and say, well, the problem's still here today. The checkbook's still the same. This is still happening. What are you going to do? Have the wisdom to go, I believe. I have faith. I know he loves me. I know he's going to take care of me. It says in the scripture, speak things that are not as though they were. Thank you, God, for delivering me from this. Thank you, God, for taking care of my finances. Thank you, realize that when you flip your fear and your gratitude, you have empowered not only God who is already working on your behalf to do his thing, but you've empowered yourself to live at a happier moment. You've empowered yourself to believe and live what you believe. Thank you, God. You are taking care of me. Thank you. Thank you. All this stuff is freaking me out. Please take care of that. Thank you that I can call on you and you will answer me and you will do far more than I can ask you. That's why scripture and knowing scriptures are so important and having them into those little, little test bullets that you always fire. Because then you know that you are saying something that is exactly accurate to the scripture. And it's what God intends for you. He's not intending evil for you. But he wants you to trust him. I can tell you when I'm standing on the side of the pool and they lose doing the sign, I'm like, trust me. Trust me. There comes a point where you feel a little frustration because you know you're not going to say anything that would hurt him. That's not my intention at all. But I can't change his will. He has to change his will to receive it. Trust me. Right here. Come on. Trust me. But he can stand on the edge of the pool and be afraid, or he can jump in and enjoy it. 
worry over everything. Or you can take that risk. You can dive in. You can say, okay, God, I trust you to take care of me. I'm going to let you be you. Otherwise, we get into this. Have you ever noticed one worry once it's, once it's evaporated, once something has happened? Oh, I'm so worried. You know, like SOLs, or Hemmers, I'm so worried about SOLs. Let's get through that. Oh, you know, which, by the way, that's a little test of school that everybody's going to So, if it's we're all worried about SOLs. Well, as soon as that's all done, well, we're going to do all summer camp. I don't know. I don't know what we Oh, well, now we have that figured out. Oh, well, now what are we going to do for our vacation? How many of I mean, these are not little things. These are all things that are manageable. But you see how one gives way to the ball. It's almost like getting in a riptide. It just wants to. Have you ever created one of those whirlpools when you're a kid? You walk in a circle long enough, and then you can sit back and you just take it. Right? That's what this does. It'll sit back and just take it. You do it long enough, often enough, it becomes common. Because you have so little faith, I tell you this truth, that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move them out. I don't cook much, but I don't have lots of mustard seed. I don't know what you cook Childlike faith, what we need. And I'll never forget, I went into her room and everybody else was going 
I didn't know the beeps weren't good. I didn't know blood pressure sores. I didn't know what CTs had said. I, I didn't know the medicines won't work. I, I didn't know I was in the ICU. I just thought it was like a high school private room with a zipper thing. I had no idea, right? I didn't know how much I shouldn't have believed in that moment. We got to get to that. We know too much about all sorts of stuff that talk us right out of a mustard seed moment. We know too much. of 
throwing it and reeling it back and throwing it and reeling it back, checking on your cares, checking on your worries, making sure I gotta be in control, I gotta be in control for you, I gotta know what's happening. But it's not that way. It's not that way. You look like a fish.
So I just want to encourage you guys today. I know it's a little silly. I want to encourage you, cut the line. What you been worried about? Cut the line. Let it go. What is the worst that can happen? God shows up and does something awesome. <laughs> wow. Because you've already had it your way. Let's try this way a little more. See what happens. In your prayer life, be grateful. Know that he cares for you. Know that those two words, I believe, are powerful. And can change everything in your life. Let's pray. God, we come to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we are grateful for all that you do for us. We're grateful that we can cast our cares on you. We're grateful, God, that you truly desire to have a personal relationship with each and every one of us. So God, if there's anybody here today that said, you know, I just don't know. I've never been able to say, I believe. I pray right now, God, to pray where they are, that you say it in their heart. I believe in you, God. I believe that you love me. I believe that you care for me and that you want to take care of me. God, I pray your abundance of blessings on everyone here. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet, God, lift them up and encourage them. Help them to know, God, not a care they carry is too heavy for you. So God, in Jesus' name, I pray, Father, give us the wisdom to cut the line, to trust you, 